Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire. It is 9.49 a.m. So late in the day. Woke up quite a while ago, but working and talking and doing all this stuff before I even get moving through my day. Get ripping and running. <laughs> so, uh, quick updates. Did, uh, I guess, well on uh, yesterday's talk was very very um happy about that the uh folks seemed to enjoy it had some engaging comments had some great speakers and uh was able to you know have a coherent uh co- talk conversation about like <laughs> what I was thinking about even though I had to completely scrap my old idea so that was uh really interesting um over the weekend, it was my, my dad's 50th birthday, so we did quite a lot for that. Um, and during that same time, I was also trying to, uh, I don't know how much I can say on this, this regard, but help out somebody very close to me with <laughs> some mental health and some uh, perspective and some other things and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff was going on um, over the last week or so. But... uh So I think it was yesterday that I had, I basically, was it yesterday? Yesterday morning? Or the day before? Um, where I was trying to tell, share my whole presentation. <laughs> and I was mostly talking about the hunter-gatherer aspect. So I had to scrap that whole thing because, oh yeah, it was the day before. I had to scrap the whole thing because when I was putting together the sources, making sure, double-checking all this stuff, found this other thing that showed that hey about maybe half of those sources many of those sources were not even like good sources were were biased so it turns out a lot of this a lot of the studies from these hunter-gatherer cultures you know came out of this 1960s um convention uh something called like man the hunter or something like that um it was very biased (laughs) um where a lot of folks basically had was set on this idea of hunter-gatherers being the original affluent society or being what they call the noble savages which is such a dumb term but um so even though many of them did do some ethnographic research it was still biased in, in how they were collecting data and stuff like that now there's still a lot of great information and things to learn from hunter-gatherer cultures. Like, it's still true that, you know, they did have, there w- there was a huge difference between hunter-gatherer cultures and agrarian and, you know, agricultural um, cultures. And we can still see, like, traces of um, how violence has have increased as, as, as um, societies became more food productive, utilized more food production. And we can see, you know, things around how inequality increased and and all this other stuff so that part was true and i did you know kept or at least that's true as far as we can tell today and i and i kept that but for most of my presentation yesterday i just went into what i was originally kind of thinking about going and which was like a full story of the universe where i i, I listed things like the big bang and entropy and you know getting into evolution and um, consciousness a little bit. Well, I didn't get to get into that, but 
it was, I, I touched on a lot of different topics rather than just hunter gatherers. So I was worried that it wasn't gonna be gonna be as coherent or as like streamlined. But people seemed to really love it. They seemed to like the perspectives I had, and um, that allowed them to. Apparently, this is you know, some people even reached out. It was like, this is what you know it got me excited about being a designer is that you can include all these other facets of of you know your interests right all these other subject areas and and areas of expertise into the design principles into the design um area so that you can create better more holistic solutions so very excited about that i'll be sure to let y'all know when the uh, recording is is ready is available but other than that what i really want to talk about over the last like week since i watched uh Lex Friedman's interview with Sam Harris is the topic of free will and consciousness. Um, I think this is a really big topic, really big thing, and I've always wanted to talk about it. I believe I may have talked about it a little bit every now and then, but I want to, you know, take this time to go ahead and, and, and full delve into it, get deeper into it. So, trigger warning for folks who you know may have existential crises around the idea of free will or not having free will if that's you if you can't really you know think think about that that sort of thing then maybe uh put this on pause or you know for come back another day (laughs) when you feel more comfortable talking in or, or rather thinking about this idea However, I think it's an incredibly important thing to think about and to to have to gain perspective on. So, um, of course, there are many, many philosophers and scientists even that have been trying to that are on both sides of this argument of do we have free will? But me, I am kind of on the side of both and neither (laughs) but erring on the side of no free will and here's why so Sam Harris points out the fact that number one our thoughts seem to be separated from our body and from even ourselves (laughs) like we have no idea what we're going to think about in the next second, the next minute. If I say think about something, you have no idea what you're going to bring up. You're just going to bring up something. Your brain does all the work. Some unconscious, sub- subconscious aspect of it, you know, brings up some memory or some idea or whatever. And you, you didn't really have any say. It's not like a computer where you can you can go in and say, and pick a file and say yes I'm gonna pick this pick that you know bring that out no it just it just happens <laughs> and we don't really ha- have any idea why or how that happens and but we what we can see we can actually see, this has been studied extensively is that people don't consciously make decisions. 
We've seen this so many times in so many different areas is where something happens, like you make a, you quote unquote make a decision, but what, what really happened is that your brain, some subconscious, unconscious part of your brain made that decision, and then your conscious side, the part that you're actually aware of, made the justification for why you made that decision. You can see this in so many areas, like <laughs> there's one where they flash images very quickly and say, okay, why did you, you know, pick, pick an image and say, okay, why did you pick that image? And say, oh, it's because of this. But really, <laughs> they could see in their brain, they could see in their, their brain imaging that their, their neurons was active during a different part of their brain than what would be active if they actually thought about, you know, making a decision or about picking this or picking that or comparing things or whatever. And then there's um there's this idea of consciousness, right? I'm I'm very much simplifying this idea. I was kind of kind of frustrating cuz I had so much more to say right after the the watching it. But still the same ideas anyway. So here we go. Um, this idea of consciousness is like different than free will. Again, consciousness is something that we're not fully aware of. We don't really understand how or what it is. We're just pretty sure that we have it. And Sam Harris points out how consciousness is it's like the experience of things. The fact that when you're walking it feels like something. When you look at something it feels like something. The fact that we can think and, and experience things. Now he didn't say this but for me what I've been thinking over the past couple years and <laughs> that I've been thinking about or really months that I've been thinking about consciousness is that I think it's awareness. I think consciousness is a recursive um, algorithm, if you will. It's self-referring. He points out that as well. Self is another, it's a separate thing. And there are some parts of self that are illusory and some other parts that seem to be more fundamental like consciousness. A good example of this is that the fact that you can talk to yourself. <laughs> The very idea of talking to yourself, the fact that that's a, a thing, is extremely strange, right? Like if we had free will, if we, if we were the, the agent of our body, then why would you talk to yourself? How would you talk to yourself in your own mind? Like how in the world does that work? The fact that that does work very efficiently, for very effectively for a lot of people, right? The fact that it's a... It's a, it's a you know what I mean when I say talk to yourself. It's like a robot giving itself orders. That's not how robots work. Somebody else has to give it orders. And then it executes it. Right? That's the whole point of trying to create autonomous robots. Autonomous machines. Is that they can act for themselves. That nothing has to give them an order. Nothing has to code 
what they should do in a certain situation. But if we can talk to ourselves, if we can say, huh, should I do this? Let's think about this. Or I can literally have a conversation in my mind with myself. Like, what is the self? Like, what, who am I talking to? <laughs> it's so strange. So for me, the reason why I think consciousness is awareness is because you can do things like talk to yourself. It's because when you meditate or when you practice, you know, metacognition, when you think about what you're thinking about, you can actually become more aware of yourself. If, you, if you've ever extensively meditated, you know what I mean. It's hard to explain. But you can literally like feel every part of your body. You can feel the, the air coming in and out of your lungs, out of your throat at least, right? Out of your nose, even though you're not usually aware of this stuff. Like we actually know that your, your eyes regularly ignore things. Like you can see your nose all the time. But you're not aware of it unless you're thinking about it. Unless your nose is itchy or you're, you're now that I've said it, you're not going to be, oh yeah, I can't see my nose. That's what I mean. It's, it's awareness. When you take the time to be more aware of a, of, of a situation, then I, I think it, imp it increases your consciousness. Your level of consciousness. So you can be more aware of how you think. Of how you make decisions. And by doing so. You're actually more aware of the causes. And effects. You're more aware of the environment. You realize that. You're not just some. Agent. You know. You're not just something. Just moving around. Subject to everything that's happening to you. You realize that. Okay, if, if this if this happens, you know this is, you know, if if this event or situation happens, it usually c creates this effect in my body, or in my life, or in my habits. All right, that's one of the important parts about habit tracking, about creating better habits, is realizing the 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 inputs and the outputs. Is realizing that okay, this is my bad habit. These are my bad habits. If I sit down and write all my bad habits. I can see very clearly that I don't just randomly procrastinate, you know, just for, for whatever. I don't just randomly have anxiety. I don't just randomly become depressed. Like, there, there's a reason why, <laughs> right? If you, have, if you have difficulties, you know, accomplishing a certain task, procrastination. If you sit down and write all your habits... Or at least many of them become more aware of them. You you start to realize, oh wow, I waste a lot of time doing this. Oh wow, I do that. Oh wow, I'm, I'm you know you, you become more aware of it, and then you you're more able to do something to create better habits. And I know the way that we're speaking says, oh, that you're you clearly believe in free will. You're saying do this, do that, and because you have choices and all that. But here's my here's my point here. 
here's why I don't usually, you know, I have I've been careful not to really talk about this too much is because we know that we've done studies or scientists have done studies where they show that if you tell people they don't have free will, then they act differently. They usually become more depressed, more fatalist, things like that. And so that tells me it's a useful illusion. It's a useful illusion because having, having a level of agency is, is somehow important in, the, in this thing that we call consciousness. Here's my personal theory. Consciousness is awareness. And so the more aware you are, the more conscious you will be, and the more control over your life you will have. So that control stems not from your direct actions, what you think your direct actions are, but actually it stems from a better awareness of your actions, of your situations, of your environment. That's the key thing right there, the environment. I think the illusion of free will is useful because it drives people to action. But it's also dangerous because it makes you think, it makes you less aware of your environment. Notice that when you when you are set to action, right? Even when you believe that you are fully in control of your life, that you fully have the will or whatever to do what, you, you're, what you're trying to do, almost always you say you were motivated by something, you were inspired by something, right? There's a reason why you, 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 were act, you, you um, had some action. You did something. It's cause and effect. I don't know if I'm being coherent here, but hope so kind of just rambling but kind of work with me here actually I think I wrote a comment on this it might make <laughs> make it better I usually my thoughts when I think about things like like this that are so what do you call it ambiguous all right it helps to write down my thoughts because I can see it see it become more aware of it let me see one second okay here we go so I said, uh, I think it is indeed true that we do not have free will. I think we are on this ride of existence, and the act of being aware of that ride is what we call consciousness. And thus I believe we can become more and more conscious the more we are aware of our environment. And by that same token, what you focus your awareness on, i.e. what you are conscious of, in turn dictates your experience. The environment structures our experience, and the part of the environment that we pay attention to is what determines what we experience. So, I know that's a tricky thing. I know that's a, that's a very, very uh, tough thing for people to hear, because people automatically jump to conclusions. You're like, oh, you're saying I'm, it's, it's my fault that I'm, I'm dealing with you know this hard situation or this, that situation, and all this other stuff. Like, it's my fault that I'm, like, no. Sam Harris himself points out the fact that when when you see a bear, 
right? If somebody gets killed by a bear or a storm or a disease, if you're, at least <laughs> if you're, you know, healthy about it, you don't necessarily get super angry about it. Like it's a force of nature. Yes, you're toward. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it it's 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 painful. And yes, you may be, you know, angry about it in some aspects. But you don't hate it like you like you would if somebody else killed you. Like right, if you if another human killed your family member, that's a different feeling than if a bear or a storm or a disease killed your family member. Right. Because the the, the the form the latter, the bear, the disease, the storm, these are forces of nature. So it's like it's like there's nothing to fight there. There's it doesn't really matter if <laughs> if you if you get angry about it. It hurts. It, it hurts just the same, but you're not gonna hate the uh, storms from now on. At least if you have a healthy situation, you know, you're not gonna hate storms because your family died in a storm. You're gonna be like, oh, why didn't, why wasn't our, you know, situation better? Maybe you're gonna find a fault with some human that created, you know, the 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 house or you know the evacuation system or some any number of things. But you don't concern yourself too much with the force of nature. So just because you're in a situation doesn't mean it's your fault and it doesn't mean right that that some somebody or something was was out to get you that's another problem with religion but we'll get into that a little bit so to continue here i said um just as your language and reading material dictates your thoughts and speech just as the physical environment and ecosystems dictates our evolution so too does the metaphysical environment i.e. the existence of other conscious agents and laws of nature dictates our conscious experience. Therefore, we may not have free will, but we do have some manner of control over our experience by what we pay attention to, what we become aware of. It is indeed not so direct as is flaunted with free will, but I think it is a form of agency. Something that builds upon the recursive nature of our consciousness, like being aware of your awareness. I think it's important to note this because it shows the importance of actually taking charge of our environment to the best of our ability, surrounding ourselves with great information, ideas, people, and so on, from all walks of life, so that you can have a richer, more clear, and happy idea of fulfilling conscious experience. So let me break that down some more. I think that this is all coming together with the book I read, Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization. And that book, he notes, and I've talked about it before, so go <laughs> go read, uh, go listen to any of those um, podcasts if you haven't listened to that. But basically he points out, it's based on, a, it's an integrated revised version of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Right, so you may be familiar with that pyramid, the hierarchy of needs, where you have um, security concerns at the bottom, and all the way at the top you have self-actualization. But S. B. Kaufman, in his book Transcend, you know, integrates and revises that model. He says, 
and this is also based on Maslow's own, you know, research. Like at near the end of his life, he realized that, you know, it's not really so hierarchical. And he never really developed a pyramid. I've said that before, but anyways, he points out how it's 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 a integrated model, meaning it's it feeds on itself, right? It's not one after the other. It's not like it's not like a simple video game where you. You know, reach level one, then go to level two. No, it's more like an open world video game. <laughs> Where you go here, you go there. You know, you can circle back, and some, you you might do something over there, and then it impacts what you do back in, in this other place. And it, you know, it's, it's back and forth. It's dynamic. And he points out how we can actually see that the reason why people act the way they do, right? Right, they have certain behaviors, certain insecurities, and they act out violently, or you know, in, or in other unhealthy ways, like being too reclu- too reclusive, or too you know abusive, or bullies, and all this other stuff. Right, the reason actually comes down. It's not some magical reason. It's not some evil, some ambiguous evil out there trying to make people do things. It's it's literally cause and effect. Right. So he revises his model and he calls it a sailboat. So the boat itself is on the sea, on the ocean. And at the water level, like directly on the boat, like the actual wooden part, is, is separated into three parts. This whole boat is, is covers the security feature, right? So if your boat is functioning real well, you have good security. You're, you're, you're secure. You're not insecure. And within that boat, it has three general levels. Number one is your safety. And that includes your biological safety, which, which is like your food, your physiological needs, right? Food, water, shelter, things like that. Your safety is there. It's, a, it's like the number one fundamental thing. And then there's your connection. Your connection with others, other people. If you have a good connection... That also improves your security, right? It actually shows that without a good connection with other people, without healthy connections, people are become insecure. And this, you can see, this manifests itself in so many ways. And then above that is your self-esteem, your sense of esteem, rather. It's not just self. It's esteem... For, for yourself and the esteem that others hold you in. So again, that's your safety, your connection, and your esteem. These three make up your security. And then the sail part of the boat is your growth. How much growth you have. So that encompasses your the, the bottom of the sail is the exploration. How much exploration you have. And then beyond that is the love you experience. And then beyond that is purpose. So in the growth section of the sailboat, once again, exploration which is your openness to experiences, your when you experience new things, stuff like that. Love, 
is not just you know romantic love or is not romantic love at all that's that's in the connection area love here is 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 a sense of being he calls it being love where you have this sense of you know deep bonding empathy understanding for other things other people and things we have this connection with humanity you have this connection with nature where you see a tree and you're like wow that's amazing right look at that tree <laughs> you see the squirrel and you're like wow look at that squirrel you see that another person you're like wow look at that person right that's a sense of love being love and it's a state of being and it sounds like kind of woo-woo and it's kind of well soft like but we can actually see this in psychology like they study this extensively go read his book it has like hundreds of of citations and sources and a number of research over the last couple of decades has actually done really well and it's really really amazing repet is and it's you know a lot of these are repeatable it's not like the same problems that many other psychology principles are falling under that they can't repeat <laughs> the studies. Many of these are repeatable. Peer-reviewed and all that. And then, purpose. Right? Having a sense of what your purpose is or what you want to do in this life. And so, it's important to note that, again, these aren't hierarchical. That Yes, there is some structure to it. But it's not like you have to f fulfill your all your sa safety needs before you can find your purpose or love. No, no, it's it's back and forth. You can have your sail up, and and yet have be insecure with your boat. However, he shows that there tends to be it tends to be unhealthy, right? Like if you don't have a healthy sense of connection. If you're not secure in your connections with other human beings, if you don't have good, you know, a, a, a good relationship with your, you know, significant other or your family or your sibling or, you know, your friends or whatever, right? If you don't have a healthy relationship with them, then either you go, you, then you tend to have unhealthy transcendence. Uh, sorry, I missed that part. So, um, I, I mentioned this is a boat on the sea, right? So the sea part is your security and the, the sail part, the air, is your your growth, right? So if your sail is open, if you have all this stuff in your sail and you're you're moving forward, then you're that is self-actualization. That is transcendence. That is this feeling of moving forward, of moving in this in this world, in this unknown sea. That is a state of transcendence. Right, you see the horizon before you, and you move towards that horizon. So that's what he—that's why the book is called Transcend. Because once you have all these, you know, integrated with each other, it's easier to go in that wherever direction you want to go in. But there can be healthy and unhealthy transcendence. So when you have, when you're insecure, when you have, when you don't have your needs met, then you can. Then you tend to try to fill in the boat, right? You try to fill in these needs through other unhealthy spaces. For instance, if you don't have that healthy sense of connection, then, sorry, I was trying to wait till this car passes. 
then you try to find people to connect to. Right? And we see this all the time. For instance, when, you know, we see that people often stay in abusive relationships because they don't have anywhere else to go. Or they don't believe they can they can have a better experience. Or they believe that this is what it means to be in a relationship, that you have to deal with these things. Right? That's an unhealthy sense of connection. Gangs is a similar t- thing. If you don't have a healthy sense of connection with your family and all this other stuff, your community, then the only other community to be involved in are gangs. Right? That That is why people go into gangs is because... They, they feel that transcendence built above themselves. They can be a part of something bigger. They can be a part of a meaningful community. And humans, we are social creatures. We connect with other people. That's, that's what we do. So if you don't have the healthy, some other healthy community to be a part of, you're going to find one. Whether, whether or not it's a, it, is a, it is in itself a healthy community. So for some people, it could be gangs. For others, it could be sports teams. For others, it could be religions or cults or whatever, right? You join this space because you're missing that sense of connection. Same thing for sense of safety, right? If you don't have, if you grew up, you know, often missing out on, you know, security, on your your resources, whether that's food or being able to pay the bills or whatever, then you tend to not really have a healthy relationship with money. You tend to try to get a whole bunch of money and spend it on, you know, things that that make you feel happy or things that make you feel a certain way or things that make you feel secure. You tend to hoard, right? You tend to put a whole bunch of things in your basement that you'll never use because just in case, just in case, you know, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. But it is what it is. That's how people work. That's cause and effect. And this is why, you know, I think this is a great example of why we don't have free will. Like, we don't magically get up and decide to do something. Everything we do comes from something else. Comes from how we were raised. Comes from genetics. Comes from the environment around us. Whether that is a physical environment or a mental environment. There's a reason why we do things. And so, the reason why I think is this is actually really amazing to, to realize and to think about. I might have to move because everybody's, everybody's just, just activating their, their leaf blowers and all this stuff. Goodness. <laughs> But um, the reason why I think this is so important and such a good thing to, to realize too is that if you don't realize these things, if you really think that you have full free will, then you have no idea why this is happening, right? So many people are asking, what's the meaning of life? Why, why, does, why, does, why does things happen the way they do, you know, and, and they turn to religion? They turn to, you know, some some conspiracy theory that somebody's out to get you, that the government is trying to control you, that this, that, but blah, 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 right? You come up with reasons. You try to justify why you're, you try to find the cause to your effect. 
and it's and that that is that is what creates such an unhealthy level of 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 um what you call it attachment to bad ideas and i know i've i've mentioned this before quite a quite a while ago but religion is one of the worst <laughs> things to happen to humanity no don't get me wrong i know there's some good parts of religion and sam harris also points out that religion holds a very important place in people's lives to provide a sense of morality and a, and a sense of purpose and things like that and i do think it is good for that however it's also important to note that religion in itself was not is not the only way to to find this stuff right and it's furthermore not a healthy way of finding it. And here's why. I'm not just pointing out religious religions. There's actually any other religious type of, any other dogmatic system. Same thing for, for if you treat science like a, like a religion. Like, you shouldn't believe in science just because they're scientists. It's because people do the work to figure out what is happening. And they, they can repeat it. And they can show you, okay, this is how it happens. This is why it happens, right? Religion is, I mean, science is not a religion. Science doesn't set up laws and say, believe that. No, it's, it's like people do the work. People can show you why it happens, how it happens. And you can do this yourself if you, you know, gain enough knowledge around that subject area or figure out how to do those same experiments. Same thing for any sort of profession. Or sports or whatever whatever you conspiracies whatever right anyways but religion is the, is the more one everybody can kind of relate to hunter-gatherer cultures had this spirituality they practice rituals they use um, music and and psychedelics and other recreational drugs but usually sparingly right they did this with mindfulness they didn't just at least to our extent, like, it wasn't a high level of abuse, as we can tell so far. They use these rituals, and any, everybody could do it. Right? Everybody can partake in the ritual, can partake in the, spirit, in the spiritual practice and things like that. And the reason for that is because it allowed, it to, allowed them to explain things that they couldn't explain otherwise. That they couldn't understand. Like, they, they weren't aware of why things happened the way they were they, the way they did I think we as humans as conscious agents always try to find a reason why we try to find patterns and I think why is because consciousness like I said before is awareness we are trying to be more aware of our environment trying to see this ride that we're on and so when you find something you say oh wow that's, that's how that's why it happened and before we called that spiritualism, where you take some, you know, take some um, psychedelics or whatever, do this activity, and something happens. And I believe that this is hard to, to, to say for sure right now, but based on our current understanding of psychedelics and recreational drugs, I believe that these rituals were very successful, that they were repeatable, almost scientific in a way. Right? Like today, we can take these psychedelics, even weed or anything like that, right? We can take these recreational drugs 
and see that it decreases your anxiety, it decreases your depression. It, it, it allows you to see in a more open area. It allows you to become more aware of things. But once, once uh, societies begin to aggregate, to, to trend towards more food production, right? That ha- there's a lot of things that happen there. One of those things is inequality. So instead of in a hunter-gatherer culture where everybody would share the food and things like that, and the food production, the more the more food production you had, the more control a certain individual or group of individuals had over the food, over the resource supply, and that would eventually happened that eventually manifested itself also in the spiritual practices, right? Where certain people can say, "Oh, I'm the one that's in charge of this stuff." I'm the one, right? The ego gets in the way. So I'm the reason why <laughs> you can have these things. And so they, they call themselves the, the prophets, the preachers, the chosen ones, whatever. I'm simplifying this, but you can look this up yourself. See how religions happened. Look that up. <laughs> it's very interesting. But you see a, you, you see a trend of of societies that became more and more you know food production based you see a trend of being more and more unequal where you see more and more um hierarchy between the religious people there are rather the religious and spiritual practices where before everybody can do it and everybody could partake and everybody was on the same level then you started to have oh there's there's a certain caste of of holy people they're more holy than other people. And so they can tell people what to do. They can direct people. They can, right? <laughs> and so because of that, you then start to have less uh, less awareness of, of what's going on around you. Where you now, instead of you, each individual, having their own journey, now you, you, you latch yourself onto somebody else, into an authority. You say, okay, I'm going to follow your lead. <laughs> You're gonna do the thinking for me. That's like in this in this um, in the sailboat model, that sense of connection. If you don't have a healthy connection with everybody, where you're all on the same level and you're all you don't have a healthy self uh, sense of self esteem, then you're gonna depend on somebody else who's saying, "Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> right follow your lead. You're smarter than me. You're you're better than me." Or maybe they just look so confident on the outside that you're going to be like, oh, they must be better. They must have something I don't. They must have whatever. So you latch your boat onto theirs. So wherever they go, you go, right? And here's where it really gets crazy in my, in my mind. So because we're all in this boat together, in this, or rather, in this ocean together, I think that is the the main realization is that every conscious agent is in their own boat. And if you are not aware that you are in a boat, you'll just be laying down with your eyes closed. You'll be asleep. And when you're asleep, you have no idea what's happening around you. You have no idea why things are happening. You're still you're still in the same existence. 
still in the boat, you're still in the ocean, you're still, you know, whatever. But you think you're alone. You think that you have no way of 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 doing anything. And this is the difference for me between free will and agency and awareness. Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is cause and effect, not some higher power, not somebody else, you know, controlling you or or telling you what your path is. No, we all have our own path. We all are on our own boat. But when you don't know you're on a boat and the waves hit, what you think is <laughs> you're going to come up with some other reasons. You're going to attribute that the waves and that tumultuous feeling that you get in your life to something else. To some other power, to some magic, to some, you know, something else. And if you have a leaky boat, that stuff will come bubbling up. You start to feel cold. You might start drowning or something. You might blindly, you know, your boat might blindly um, push into somebody else's boat. It gets lashed together and you think you're... you're <laughs> You kind of feel like you're in this journey together, but you're both still, like, blind. <laughs> Why are there so many cars? Goodness. Been talking too long. Should have woke up earlier and started doing this. Yeah, to me, it's like... It's like being in an, in an ocean, in a boat, or you can even call it anything else. I think this is, that's the fun part of it. It's like, you know... If, I'm using this boat metaphor because that's you know S.B. Kaufman's thing, but I think you can use a. It could be a car. It could be a um, a spaceship. It could be you know yourself, or you, like your own body, just walking in the woods or uh, up a mountain or whatever. It's, it's the metaphor that that matters. And the metaphor is that the idea is that everything has a cause and effect, and if you are not aware of the cause. Then you attribute the effect to something else. And that something else is almost always going to be wrong. <laughs> so there are different levels to consciousness, I think. You can be very aware of the situation that you're in. Or rather, I mean, let me back up. You can be sleep, right? I'm gonna probably gonna be somewhat simple simplified, but you can be sleep, have no awareness of what's going on around you. Things just happen and you just kind of adrift. Things happen to you. You can be awake and still be laying down, just be looking in the sky, not really realizing that you're in a boat or you have this fog of war around you and you feel like you're just adrift. You're aware that there's something happening. But you're not really aware of why or how. And you could be awake and, and kind of sitting up. And you can see that you're in a boat. That there's reasons why things are happening. Like, But you think it's all your fault. Right? That maybe you have bad habits. You have procrastination. You have anxiety. You have depression. 
and you think that it's it's all just the way you are that you identify with your depression with your anxiety with these things you think that that is all you are and then beyond that there is an awareness of the boat of the fact that this boat is not you that you are two different entities that one is your is the thing that you're in one is and the other is your experience of it so things can happen you can have depression anxiety whatever but you are not depressing you you are not a depre- like you are not identified by that depression i'm saying this from experience right and so the level above that is is realizing that you can change these things you can get help for that depression maybe that's you know medical help or maybe that's you can't afford it like me and you had to you know find some some other things to to help with that you had to meditate you had to you know learn you had to realize that though they may have a chemical imbalance in your brain that chemical imbalance most likely came from somewhere if it wasn't genetic or if it wasn't onset from other some other disease or something like that like for me I realized the reason why I was depressed is because I felt like I was extremely powerless living in poverty for all my life yet still having these dreams of being able to you know create flying vehicles and things like that created a schism in my mind where I felt way less powerless than than what I what I thought I could be and I felt like there was no way I could I could get there and all these other things and a number of people are in similar you know straits I, I <laughs> talked to so many people that were also depressed and you see the similar thing right and when you study depression when you study a lot of these things you, you realize that there's a reason why you know depression exists in humans it, it, it signifies a, a, a push for change like if you're constantly doing the same thing, if you're constantly, you know, in this certain situation for a very long time, it creates that chemical imbalance where, okay, something has to change. <laughs> and so you no longer like doing anything that you that you used to before. So you have to find other places, other things to, to enjoy. You have to find that enjoyment somewhere else. You can't depend on the same habit loops, on the same, on the same dopamine hits that you had before. Your brain won't let you. And so, for me, when I say you don't have free will, I mean there's obviously a cause and effect, right? A situation in your life caused this, and so you have to look at something else. You know, your brain. The chemistry is in a certain way, so you need some other medical help, or you need to, you know, to change the situation. You need better um, sources for your dopamine hit, which is better habits. And then, once you are aware of the fact that you can change your 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 boat, like you can fill in those holes, then you see, or maybe you've seen this before. But the sail 
if you've seen this before, before you saw the boat, because you, you were laying down, you saw that sail, right? You saw that you, you can grow by finding that love or purpose or whatever. But if you never realized that you can, that you had some insecurities, then when you go and find that love, when you go and find that purpose, you find it in the wrong places. For instance, a lot of people don't realize that they have an insecure feeling of connection or esteem, and so they find their sense of purpose in religion. Or they find a sense of purpose in career. And sure, that can drive you a certain level. Like you can, you have your cell open. You can go a certain, you know, certain amount. But the speed in which you can move is not as fast. And the experience that you have is not as good. Because you still have a leaky boat. You still have water coming in. And you feel cold inside. You feel dead inside. Even though you're doing your purpose. You, you feel that love. You feel that expiration. Right? You feel that growth. That transcendence in a way, but it's unhealthy transcendence. And so that's the difference between being aware of the causes and effects of your security or your insecurity and, you know, having a healthy sense of growth. And so the reason why I say... You have an agency in that awareness. Is because the more that you are aware of, the more you realize how the environment factors in to your life. You realize that hey, it's not my fault that I feel blah 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 blah, or that I do blah 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 blah. This came from somewhere, right? I had troubles growing up with my parents I had trouble with friends I had you know all manner of things (laughs) trauma whatever right situations happened and so now you react this way and if you so so if you want to react differently you can't just do it through sheer force of will or you can you can try but it's not going to be as efficient or as it's not going to feel as good as when you actually change the environment as when you try to foster better connections with people, when you try to find a, a um, have that healthy sense of safety, healthy sense of security, where you have that psychological safety with your friends or your career or, or, or you know, I mean, your, you know, your company or whatever. There's a difference between just pushing yourself towards, you know, some, some level of, uh, of we call it free will we call it motivation or or drive but motivation is a myth right that comes from having good habits that comes from having a a safe a healthy sense of safety connection and esteem if you do not have that you're going to be like pushing against the wind There's a reason why you feel dead inside or you feel like you're fighting against a, a, a uphill battle when you when you don't have a, a good sense of self, when you get, don't have a good sense of esteem, when you don't have that connection, when you don't have that safety. It's because you are. <laughs> so if you want to have a better you know, experience with your life, then you have to find the healthy ways of of, of you know, treating this bo- this body, 
this experience. You have to find those healthy relationships and situations. A good example of this, for instance, is, is our online experiences. For many people, you think that, hey, Twitter is just full of, a cesspool of dumb people, of, of bullies, of, of, you know, whatever. Of, a cesspool of violence, of whatever, right? But you don't realize that there's algorithms set to give you what you, what you engage with. It gives you, <laughs> my significant other says, it gives what you gave him. <laughs> if you're engaging with a certain type of um, things online, the algorithm thinks, oh, yes, you want more of that. Let me, let me give you more of that. If you're <laughs> this is why they say algorithm be dangerous if, you, if it was in charge of traffic. Because everybody looks at a car crash, so the algorithm will like say, oh, you need, you need more car crashes. <laughs> let's, let's give you more car crashes. And don't get me wrong, of course, these algorithms are you know, made by humans who, who are trying to make money and all this other stuff. So they can put certain things, they can make certain things more engaging. But it's still true that you can have some level of control over your algorithms, over your Twitter feed and your YouTube um, feed and your uh, Facebook feed. I'm not sure about Facebook. I don't mess with that one. But <laughs> it was definitely true. What? Yeah, it is actually true with Facebook. I've, I've done it myself before I stopped using Facebook. But the point here is that you you don't have to just randomly you know get whatever's out there. If if you see you know some family members are always posting dumb stuff or whatever, you you don't have to follow them. You might think you have to because they're your family, but you can just unfollow. Just and what, they say, why are you unfollow? Because I don't like to. I don't want to read your stuff. Just be honest. Or if you don't want to be honest, then don't say anything. I don't know. It's up to you. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. But this is what I did. Right? I don't follow people. Who have things that I... It's not that I don't agree with. It's that I don't want that energy. I, I follow people all the time that I don't 100% agree with. I follow people that are not, you know, in the same sphere of, of political um, engagement or whatever. A political line that I'm in. But I, I do... Make sure that anybody I follow is interesting, has good conversations, has, has good cohesive arguments for what they believe in. They're not just going to say, oh, well, here's a reptile is coming, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to say, oh, the vaccines with the, <laughs> right, have, have, um, have bots in there, have, have robots in the vaccines or whatever. I, there's no cohesive argument to be had there. I'm not going to follow those people. I'm not going to engage with that. I could follow people who are skeptical about vaccines because, you know, there's the the, the problem of <laughs> the people um, testing out things on the black community. Like, that's a real issue. That's a real fact. You can see the evidence um, in the world of that. Uh, I got to pause and, and restart this because I'm at my hour limit. One second. Okay. Yeah, this is a long episode. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm 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 going to make sure that anybody I follow has either engaging arguments, has is, is saying something that has some level of sense of, of logic that I can understand, right? That that I can follow their evidence, I can see, you know, what they're getting their getting their information from and have good energy, right? They they, they don't just block people um, when they dis- disagree with them, that they, they actually have good conversations and things like that. Like I don't I don't follow random articles, I don't if I see an article with a with a questionable, you know, URL, I'm not going to keep 
I'm not going to click into there. I'm going to go find, you know, a better source, things like that. You can you can create an algorithm for yourself. You can create an, uh, an environment online that actually feels good to be there. And you still have to realize that you can't just scroll infinitely. You can waste a ton of time doing that. So I don't go on Twitter every morning and just scroll, 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 scroll. No, I maybe I might read some more, a little bit <laughs> on some books I actually want to read. And then maybe if I'm curious, I might go on Twitter for a few minutes and that's it. How you can, you can, how you engage your environment dictates how you experience your environment. What you are aware of, what you allow yourself to be more aware of. Like you can go down the rabbit hole of conspiracies. I've been there. I, I know you can, is this, you can go down that rabbit hole, but you don't have to. If there's a legitimate concern you have over a thing, then really see about that. Right? Really see, really make an argument, a scientific case. And what I mean by that is like put together some some cases as to why you think this conspiracy is true and do it in a way that other people can follow you. So other people can can argue with you. And once you argue with other people, that also tells you whether or not you might be on a good thing. Don't find people who automatically agree with you. You can you can easily that's the problem of being of the internet today. You can find people who agree with you. Find people who don't agree with you. And see if you can see if your evidence can can change your minds. If it if it's not, then you probably might be in the wrong area. This is the beauty of science. And this is also the beauty of spiritualism. Right? Good spirituality doesn't try to explain things that can be explained in other means. It only tries to give you a perspective for things that you cannot understand, that you cannot explain with science or with other logic. It just gives you a better appreciation for the world, for the vastness of the world, the, the, the sheer unknown. It doesn't try to say, hey, there's, this, this is the reason why, because God said, because this is why. No, it doesn't try to tell you why. It tries to tell you how to, how to deal with situations where you don't know why. Because that's another thing, right? We're always searching for that awareness. We're always trying to be more aware of the environment. We're, we're trying to find more patterns. We're trying to understand the experience we're in and enjoy the ride. But when you try to find that why, the cause, in areas where there is no cause, or rather you don't know the cause, you try to fill in that cause with something else, then you're going to be led in the wrong area. You're going to be led in the wrong direction. So sometimes where there is no easy way to find the cause, you have to, you know, put a little pin mark there. Because the, the <laughs> consciousness abhors a vacuum. It doesn't really like to... And this is my... Um, one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to be careful with talking about free will is because if you just say there is no free will, then people try to fill in because there is a sense of agency, right? There is a sense of you having some purpose and all this other stuff in your life. And if you just say, oh, there's no free will, then you create a vacuum in people's minds and people try to, oh, but this, but this, and you, right? You try to grasp for all these causes and, and, and situations and purpose and all this stuff and you put in something that shouldn't belong there. That just leads you down the wrong path. That make your life more miserable. There is no free will. But there is agency. There is awareness. 
So the more aware you are of this amazing universe, of this amazing reality, and the more aware of, a, of that awareness, where you realize that, okay, your awareness is never ending. There is always more to learn. The horizon is horizon. It's not a destination. When you realize that, that's what makes it much, much easier to experience, to live a good life, to enjoy this, this experience that we have. We're on this ride. We're on this roller coaster. But if you don't think you're on a roller coaster, you're just going to think your life randomly goes up and down for no reason. Or if you think the roller coaster was, is controlled by somebody else, you think it's somebody else's fault that your life is like this. But we're, in reality, we're, we're in a roller coaster that is the environment itself. That's why I like the ocean metaphor or the, the nature metaphor, right? Nature was just created the way it is. It's just, I think there's a, there's a story to be had there too. I think there's actually some other kind of pieces that can put in place about why the environment is the way it is, why we have these these tumultuous situations and all this other stuff. But I don't really, it's not cohesive yet. I don't really, I can't really explain it. <laughs> but for this consciousness piece, this awareness piece, this free will piece, I think I have a, a good understanding of this. And I know it's definitely not like there it's not perfect or anything like that it's not like fully coherent but i hope that i've been able to communicate that it's better that's another thing we don't need to have perf perfection but we do need to have something that's better perfection is a horizon it's something that you're always going to be going towards awareness is arising. You're never going to be fully aware of everything that's going around you. Probably, right? At least in our current existence. It's highly unlikely. But we always can learn more. We always can ask why. We always can keep finding more things in our environment that creates the, the life that we live in. And then we can go towards, Right? A better environment. I'm not sure if I if I clarify this enough, but but I think when I say awareness, like what you are aware of, determines what you experience. I'm not sure if I, you know, painted a good enough picture for that, but. Again, if you if you see your life as like on this boat, on this plane, on this spaceship, whatever, you realize that the reason why you are moving in a certain direction or having a certain choppy experience is because you're not fully aware of all the inputs and outputs of your life. Like you don't really know why these habits are coming, why you have these habits or what habits you even have, right? And so because of that, you, you're, you're going in a direction or you're moving in a way that doesn't feel good. And so if you are more aware of, you know, why you have this anxiety, why you have this depression, why you have, you know, these habits or whatever. Once you become aware, aware of that, you can address that. You can become more aware of how that happened. And when you're more aware of that, you repair your boat. You repair 
your your sale you put that sale up and then you can move forward in direction you can you can begin to grow you can begin to change you can begin to right make movements and it's because that's the natural kind of way of things right your 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 experience like the consciousness is an experience it's it's being aware of every every of the change that's happening i think i think that life is movement is changing through time through space and so the more aware you are of that change of what changed what right what you know cause what what the um cause and effects are of each change then you can move further you can have a more smooth experience in your your consciousness and your um travels and whatever you want to call this experience of reality i don't know man i'm hoping i'm making sense with all this <laughs> this is why i really want to have this i really want to have this conversation with other people but Oftentimes, it feels like the folks in my life are just not ready yet <laughs> to talk about this specific thing. Maybe I can't talk about it with my brother. He's super open to these things. But that's one thing I'm trying to find. It's like more people that I can talk to about this stuff. So I, I can know, like, I might just, you know, going down the wrong path. Am I might making sense or anything like that? That's why I love Lex Friedman's podcast and, and all the folks he talks to. Because a lot of these people are saying things that I've been thinking about. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm not, like, you know, off base. <laughs> and that's also the type of experience I want to go more towards. Like, I think, for me, that's an enjoyable experience I would like to have more of. I'm not going to follow, you know, people who are talking about all these other things that I, I feel like aren't going to help me in my life or aren't going to help me have a better experience. You can follow them. But if you follow these people who have bad energy, who have talking about these things that you, you know, that are very inflammatory or, you know, make you feel powerless or whatever, then you can't really complain or you can, you will complain, but it's going to be obvious why you feel those same things, right? If you're following people or, or ideas or topics or whatever that makes you feel a certain way, that the whole point of that, like, again, a religion. And I point to this because that was a huge part of my life. Right? The whole religion, the whole point of it is to say, oh, trust in God. You know, read your Bible. Do all these things and you go to heaven. What that tells you is that, number one, that life is, is a finite game. And you have to do a specific thing in order to win that game. To me, that's not an enjoyable life. Maybe you feel like that, but I don't. And I think many, many people don't either. I would argue, I would argue that nobody really enjoys that life. But a lot of people are, are jaded or, you know, are institutionalized, are indoctrinated to believe that that is the peak existence. <laughs> And the reason why I think it's dangerous is because it, it creates a situation where instead of letting everybody be their own selves, instead of letting everybody, you know, experience their own life, 
you think that it's your responsibility to go and tell somebody else what to do to go and say no your life is wrong do this if you don't do this you're evil you're sinful you're whatever right you're passing judgment on people even though their own bible says don't pass judgment right this is the problem with religion it's inherently hypocritical it creates so many people wonder why why there's so many hypocritical Christians is because the Bible because the many of these scriptures create a situation where hypocrisy is normalized where certain people is holy and they can tell people what to do and nobody else is over them we know that if you have a higher sense of ego right it creates a sense of um, it creates less empathy and it creates more chance and opportunity for abuse we know this like this is the psychology of humans and yet religion creates these situations where people are in higher power and they're telling other people what to do it's fundamentally flawed Yes, you can have some some feeling of connection with people. You can have all this purpose and all this, all these things, but it's just it's not a healthy level of of, of doing so, right? And again, religion is not the only one. You can find this with conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm repeating myself now with that, but yeah, for me, it's it's like, this is why I think it's so important to, to be more aware of your situation, to, to look more into not just science, but also spirituality and to have an open mind, to realize that there is so much more to the story and there was always more to learn. I do think you have to be careful, right? You can't just delve into anything just because it seems like an interesting thing to learn. You have to recognize that some areas will lead you down a rabbit hole that is almost infinite, but is also infinitely, like, miserable. Make your, make your life feel more and more anxious and, and unhealthy. It just doesn't feel good to, to be in that, that space. Conspiracy theories is one of them. I, I again, I speak from experience. It's very easy to just go down the wrong path, but it's also very easy to go down the right path. It doesn't have to be hard. I think it's only hard when you're not aware that there is a path, or there is a a boat, there is an ocean that you can explore. There's other people in this journey. Like everybody's on their own journey. And if you're not aware of that, then it's going to be hard for you. You're going to feel like you're fighting against a tide because you might be very much fighting against a tide. But if you don't recognize it, during a tide, you have to batten down the hatches. You have to, you know, let it, let it, you know, fly past you. Then you're still going to be trying to fight full strength against this tide. You don't know you have to surf the wave. <laughs> I'm just pulling out all these metaphors because it's hard to really, you know, visualize this if you haven't experienced it yourself. If you don't know what I mean, if you never meditated, if you never, you know, questioned 
you know, your religion or anything like that, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. So that's why I'm trying to, you know, put out all these metaphors. Hopefully one of these sticks to people. Hopefully it gives you a visual of what, what I mean and helps you see that, okay, wow, that's, that's what I can, you know, experience. That's what I can, I can understand that at least. <sighs> but yeah, probably going to end it there. To conclude, to kind of recap everything. Again, I think there is no free will. I think it's all cause and effect. And that our experience, our consciousness, is different than our bodies, than our sense of self. Or maybe it is connected, but our consciousness is more the overall experience of awareness, of awareness, of being aware of our situation, of our environment, which is our physical environment, and our metaphorical, our, our met metaphysical, our you know, ideological environment. And so the more you are aware of all these things, the more you have more agency, the more you are able to, you know, um, Im improve or grow in a healthy manner. Read, read uh, S.B. Kaufman's book on Transcend. Transcend the new science of self-actualization. I think even if you don't believe what I mean, you don't believe me in the, in the space of free will or religion or anything thing like that. Reading that book will give you great understanding of at, le of at least why our behaviors are the way they are. Why other people do the things they do. Why you do the things you do. And how you can begin to, you know, have more control over your life. And to have a healthier experience of, of, of purpose and, and love and, and all that stuff. Read that book. Feel free to contact me. As always, at Elijah Claude, E-L-I-J-H-C-L-A-U-D-E, on every platform, especially Gmail, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. We can talk about this. We can have a discussion. If we think I'm totally wrong, and why? <laughs> I love to have a discussion. Or if you think I'm right, and you, you want to, you know, just speak with somebody else who's on <laughs> on your same, you know, wavelength. Thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful experience with your life. See you. Okay. Bye bye.